Hello everyone and welcome to Creative Psychopaths. Um, this is the bit, this is the bit that you've got to listen to, the introduction bit. Um, I know you didn't come here to listen to this, you came here to listen to the movie Demons, um, which we're talking to Brian about. Brian was here a while ago talking about 30 Days of Night. Um, for some reason I re- introduced him as the second only returning guest, even though we've had um, Matthew and Tanya since then. Uh, or before then, which was a weird thing to say. Um, but what I meant when he was he was the first person to come back and answer the questions that were newly introduced after that first initial teething run. Anyway, I'm whiffling on now. Um, uh, the only thing of note in this episode, for some reason, apparently uh, my mic etiquette was off and I'm talking in the distance and I don't really know why. But... Don't worry, it's still absolutely fun-tabulous episode. Um, and, you know, um, well, just go listen to it. Why are you still here? Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Creative Psychopaths, a horror movie podcast, a weekly horror movie podcast no less. Uh, as always, you're here with me, Mark, and him, Matthew. Howdy. Howdy. What's well, like we're from the Wild West this week. Um, this and week... it has absolutely nothing to do with the film we're covering. No, but whatever. You know, maybe what? Maybe one day you'll, you'll be a doctor, cowboy, whatever it is, whatever you're doing... That week, I don't know. I don't know what's going on. I've lost my mind already. Whatever bit we have, yeah. Whatever hilarious uh, joke we're doing this week, and of course, as always, we are hilarious. Now, this week we're joined by returning guest um, Brian, who is all the way from episode eight, thirty days of night, when there was less questions to answer. Uh, so we brought him back for what I think are the questions he didn't answer. If he did, it doesn't matter. He's answering uh, them again, whether you that, like it or not, listeners. He's either answering them again, or you are getting new stuff, or you never heard him, or... Look, don't worry about it. Anyway, hello, Brian. Hello. And don't worry if it is a question before, my answers have probably changed. Yeah, well, that's it, so, isn't it? Uh, the, I, don't, I think if I did it again, it would probably change, because I can't even remember what I said. <laughs> I think I know my favourite movie is Jaws, and then from there on, who knows? Yeah, so uh, it's lovely to have you back anyway. Thank you. Um, so, oh, let's have a bit of backstory. So we were going to do a different episode. I put on the put on the group chat that we were doing the pyramid and um, we, me and Brian sort of watched it back and um, it wasn't as good as you quite remembered, was it? No, <laughs> it was... Uh... It was terrible. <laughs> so we're coming back at you this week. We're coming. We've changed that. We've changed to uh, an absolute classic, which we'll get to later. But for now, we're going to start off with the "Would You Rather," and uh, Brian's brought a "Would You Rather" that we got a bit of sizzle for before I press record. But now, now we're sat here waiting to find we out. We are. Who... We are thoroughly on tenter hooks. We're waiting to find out. Okay, it's uh, it's a weird one, so might not be for everyone, but. 
<laughs> Would you rather have sex with somebody bottom half fish or top half fish? <laughs> uh, do you know what? The, with the sizzle we had before, I wasn't expecting that. <laughs> I was expecting worse, actually. Oh. So, I mean, yeah, horror movie related for sure. So that's always a good start. <laughs> uh, right. So follow-up questions are, are definitely in order. Uh, does the bottom half of the fish have any kind of, uh, for want of a better word, opening? It, it would have the anatomy of the chosen gender of fish. So... Right. Well, I think I'd have to go for the top half then. What top half fish? Because I mean, yeah, if you, as long as you don't look down, I, I guess it's <laughs> you're not really going to notice anything different. Yeah, I'm going to go for top half person. Yeah, because I mean, I'm a boob guy anyway, so you know. Sorry, yeah, top half person. Yes. Did I say top half fish before? I, I've heard many variations of this: of top and bottom half fish. It, it, there doesn't seem to be a, a, a an occurring theme. I've asked this question quite I, a I want the head of a human. I think that's the most important thing. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm going to take the head of a human. That's also, I'm not sure a fish for. can give informed consent, so that's also got to... <laughs> that's also a big factor in this. That's something I've never actually come up with, but it's a very good point. I think that may be the only point now. <laughs> I think I think he's ruined you, would you is, rather? Is the, is the fish yeah. head sentient? And you know, and with a, a, a level of intelligence akin to the average human, I'd never really thought about it before. So these are big questions. Yeah, I guess, I guess it could be. It would just look like the top half of a fish. Yeah, because I mean, if the the fish head has a human brain in it, that that question goes away, doesn't it? <laughs> and then we're back to square one, which <laughs> is still human head. Consent. Oh. But, but wait, would a fish need to give consent? Because they don't have like emotional range like we do. So, it, I mean, we... I need the fish to give consent. <laughs> that, that that's fair enough. I don't I don't think I want that question mark hanging over me. Well, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, there you go, then, Brian. What would, what what's your answer to the question? I would probably go top half human, bottom half fish. Yeah. It seems like the most sensible option. and Because sex, it doesn't have to be sex, sex. It could be oral sex. Oh, you, you didn't say that. No, but you didn't ask either. You asked loads of other we've questions. We've got, got a real freak on our hands, haven't we? <laughs> yeah, we have, yeah. yeah well. <laughs> don't know, maybe a fish would be good at that. <laughs> I've seen them eat fish food. <laughs> Also, what kind of fish? Because hammerhead shark, not that's. There's no way that's even in the conversation. <laughs> you know, a, a delightful rainbow trout, maybe. Blob, blob fish, forget it. <laughs> I'd never thought species of fish has never come up either when I've asked this question in the past. Well, you know, we ask the big questions here. Well, yeah. I guess it could be whatever species of fish you wish. But that's the thing about Matthew. He's a doctor, you understand. So he's um, yeah. highly, highly educated on all matters. Uh, of I'm, I'm sure, uh, yeah. Of everything. I'm just trying to think of a of, of an attractive female celebrity who shares a name with a fish now, and I'm, I'm struggling. 
because that just gets me out of it completely. Shirley Bassey. Oh, <laughs> I, I'll take Shirley Bassey's bottom half and and a, a, a lady's a, a different lady's torso upwards. It's getting a bit Frankenstein-esque now. There must be more celebrities with um, fish names. Um, I'm going to Google celebrity fish. Oh, no, these these are awful. These are just puns to name your fish after celebrities. I quite like that. I Dakota do... Finning. That... Yeah, that's Get out of here. Like I, don't, I quite like Mackerel J. Fox. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't do that to Michael J. Fox. He's too sweet. <laughs> Why would you own a mackerel? Right, anyway, so as per usual, this has devolved into, uh, I don't know, weirdness. We wanted banter. We couldn't force it, so now we've done this and it's gone odd. Yeah, I'm I'm making these segments last as long as I can now. No, no, I I, I don't mind. I I, I like that it's gone odd. Um, I personally am a bit odd. I think we all are deep down. Yeah, I think we're all a little bit... We're all a little bit strange. Um, well, you know, we all enjoy watching people get murdered on the screen, so... Um, fictionally. Fictional. We like fictional yeah. murders. Um, but I'm one of those serial... I really like serial killers. I probably... Do, I guess I don't like people getting murdered. It interests me, though. Right. Macabre. Yes, that's me. Macabre Mark, that's what people call me. Uh, no, nobody calls me that. Maybe I should be, though. Maybe I should change my name for the podcast. Welcome, it's Macabre Mark. And because I've got no imagination, Macabre Matthew. Um, uh, yeah. Right. So, uh, anyway, uh, oh, I've gone off on a, a weird tangent. So let's bring this back to answer these few questions that you haven't yet answered. So, what is... The scariest horror movie. It's The Shining. Oh, it was definitive, I think. <laughs> Although I saw a trailer for the new Crimes of the Future movie coming out, hmm. and um, I've never really felt as uneasy, like because I, I have a strange thing when there's like medical surgery involved in like them horrible hospital dramas. They make me feel a bit cringy, and I saw the trailer for that, and even though it's like weird sci-fi surgeries that aren't real i kind of got that strange uneasy feeling from it so that that yeah. may end up taking the spot when i watch it <laughs> some new film comes along and just replaces the shine yeah that's right uh, yeah <laughs> uh, I, you know what i don't believe that we've had the shining um on here i uh, uh, as the scariest anyway I, I think maybe will chose it in the Watcher in the Woods episode. I know he brought up The Shining a lot. Um, yeah. I don't know. For me, I don't know why, but it never gives me any scares, that movie. I, I don't know why. Um, I like the book, though. I've not read the book. It's been on a list to read for a long time. Yeah, it's... It's one of those things where I can actually see because most people know by now that Stephen King didn't like the adaptation, yeah. and I can you can understand why reading the book that he didn't like the adaptation, but right. it's still a really great film. Um, Have you seen his? I think it was a two part miniseries in the mid to late nineties. 
I haven't, because by all accounts, it's not very good. Yeah, that's that's what I was about to say. <laughs> yeah. But I imagine it is more faithful to the book. But it just I don't think it just translates to screen as well. Yeah, I don't I, I, I don't know. You can see like reading the book, you can see because I actually did it that way around. I've seen the movie and then actually we only recently read The Shining. Because uh, right. I've started going on a bit of a Stephen King thing. And um Yeah. Have you gone, Matthew? I'm... I'm 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 still I'm gathering my thoughts on the shiny. <laughs> the, how how I feel about it as a as a spook fest. Because I'm kind of with you, Mark. I, I don't find it scary in the classical sense. I don't think it's ever given me any moments where I was like, you know, want to look away or anything. Uh, except maybe the uh, the bit in the bath. Mm. Uh, <laughs> That, that's pretty much the reason I, I have it for that. Because um, I'm pretty thing with films, you see. Like, I, I'm not, I can watch pretty much anything, and it don't really bother me. But there's something about the shining, like a weird energy it gives, and it's a bit uneasy. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that, I'd say that's the, the word to use, isn't it? It's just uneasy, unsettling. Uh, something a little bit off with it. Uh, it's all, of course, it's all by design, you know, the whole. Or what hotels designed so that rooms yeah. shouldn't be able to exist and corridors go to nowhere and things like that. Yeah, yeah, and it, it, but it's your personal choice, Brian. Um, yeah, we're, we're not. <laughs> and also, if any listener thinks that the book's better than the film, you're wrong. Oh, really? What? Yeah, the film's miles better. Oh, I preferred the book. You're wrong, Mark. <laughs> I'm not going to take a hard line on much stuff during this podcast, but this is one. Oh dear! What? It's not even personal opinion. It's just blatant. I'm I'm stating it as fact. Yeah, this is one of my uh, my, my few lines in the sand. Is is this a power you have to do with your doctorate? It's. I mean, I, I don't think it's any real power. I think if you just say it with enough confidence, people might listen. Right. Mm. Oh, so like if I just said, well, fuck you, I can say what I want. It's yeah, sort of... yeah, that, that works okay. perfectly. Yeah. yeah, fine, okay. Fine, yeah, no, that's all right. Uh, as long as that's a rebuttal, then that's lovely. Yeah. Um, so what is the best kill? Um, I thought quite long for this, and I couldn't think of, I don't know, the only two that ever came to me was the, from Friday the 13th franchise. The, uh, is it Jason Takes Manhattan, where he... Is he he like takes a guy's head off? Yeah, yeah. And then there's also the bit in Jason X with the um, where he freezes them in the um, oh the liquid nitrogen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Both both yeah. are excellent, um, excellent kills. Um, they don't bring the plot by any way, but like every time I see them, I, I thoroughly enjoy watching it happen. That I could. Watch it on loop for a while. I think the one thing that Jason will always give you is creative kills. Um, although I think I think the, the the one that makes the the Manhattan one really stand out is that the the person who gets their head knocked off um, really puts up a fight to start off with. Um, it's uh, it's almost like the uh, Indiana Jones moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is actually. Yeah, yeah. It's quite hilarious. Um, I presume you haven't seen that, Matthew. No, I'm, I'm still uh, the first uh, only for my my Friday the Thirteenth. So yeah, 
I sort of don't want to ruin it for you. Um, yeah. But I, I, you can imagine the liquid nitrogen death. It's just literally dips someone's face in liquid nitrogen and then smashes said face. Um, like, uh, full, full on Mortal Kombat. Yes. Kind of, yeah. yeah. Very much so, very much so. It doesn't get a lot of love, Jason X, and it's undeserved. It's um, That movie knows exactly what it is, <laughs> um, which is a pile of crap. <laughs> but, but what a pile of crap. Yeah, but it's, ama- yeah. It, it's, it's amazing, especially when they're like at the end, when it just sort of goes, right, no, no, that actually happened. <laughs> oh, thanks, good. <laughs> um, right, so what's next? Standout effects. Presumably, I haven't done standout effects with you. No, I don't believe so. Um, and my answer is the film that we're going to be talking about. Ah, right. Okay. okay. Because, and then you might say they're nothing special, but I feel they fit tonally to the film. Yet they're also pretty impressive because they're practical effects. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a, uh, there's some really good like transformation scenes in this that I think work quite well for what the film is. Yeah. And I think the effects are consistent throughout, which is pretty damn good. I never looked up who the effects guy was or anything on this, but I, also, I really also say as well that they, they tore that, that very difficult line of being uh, realistic and over the top at the same time. Yeah. It's, it's a weird you, straddle of the two, isn't it? Yeah. You can, you can buy, you can buy into what you're seeing as in that's what, you know, that, that looks real within the world, but also it looks like something that you're never, ever going to come across. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. It's got, um, yeah, that's it. You're, you're right. It's an effects fest, if anything. Um, yeah. Lovely. So let's see movies that need a sequel or movies that need to stop making sequels or both. <laughs> I kind of have, two answers for each lovely um i'd like more demon sequels right okay because uh, the second one isn't great but I'd, and even though there is more sequels after the second one they're kind of all unofficial because Itali- italy have like a weird copyright law so they could just make whatever the hell they want kind of thing <laughs> but, like there's a there's, it's italy have a weird terminator 2 sequel well, a Terminator sequel, should I say? So it is Terminator Two, and I think over there it's called Terminator Two, and it's brought the cast, it's brought the characters like Vasquez in from Aliens and stuff, and it's just an absolute weird film. <laughs> Not great, but due to copyright laws, they could make it there. You see, that's that's fascinating. <laughs> yeah. And that is... uh, my other film that I would have that need to make sequels is Gremlins. Because people say Gremlins 2 is bad, but I love it for pretty much the same reason. I love Demons when I discovered it. Me too. I love Gremlins 2. So, yeah, I, don't, I, don't I believe think... there's a sequel series happening or something, isn't there? I don't know. They've been talking about us doing a sequel for that for ages and ages. And then for films that need to stop making sequels, I've got The Purge. Because I like the first two Purges and then they decline with each one after. I oh, quite enjoyed oh. the last one, to be honest. I thought I was that was all right. Was the last one the, uh, like the forever purge. Type thing. Yeah, yeah. I I couldn't get into it at all, and I really hated the first purge. No, I didn't like the first one. I think um, that one's the only one I haven't seen. Uh, 
I don't think I, I don't think with the purge I've not enjoyed any of that. Obviously, I've not seen the one that everyone says it's yeah. the worst one, but <laughs> I think they've all been yeah, they've all been a, a reasonable standard. The first right. two are the standouts, aren't they? Like you said, so definitely. Yeah, the the sequel, the is it Anarchy? It is, isn't it? Yeah, one. yeah, like, that's one of them sequels where it's like Alien and Aliens, like it's equally as good, maybe better than the first because it's took a different approach. Yeah, I, I when I watched the uh, the Purge Anarchy, I thought it was uh, a lot of ideas in it that right. all of them would have been fascinating to explore on their own. And when they announced that there was a TV series coming out, I thought it was a really good idea uh, just to basically to do that, sort of you know, give them yeah. all that that little window in their own space to uh, to go through, you know, like you know, the, uh, the the hunting ground and things like that. Yeah. Uh, and then I never watched the TV series and everyone said it was awful. So I actually, <laughs> was... I actually watched the series, both of them. How was it? And uh, I quite liked both seasons. The season one was like its own story, but it's like characters that interlock throughout their arcs throughout the show. But it's set. The season one was set all through one night. Yeah, I think I think that's a like really a good way to do night, it, which was pretty good. And then season two, I don't think there was an actual purge in it. It was like an aftermath of the purge, and you'd get flashbacks to what had happened, kind of thing. Like an, an awkward office comedy, like you know what happened to Jerry and <laughs> accounts. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> yeah, and that that was pretty good. It had a bit like political thriller and stuff in it. Not okay. great, but still pretty. I'd say try them out, and yeah, you don't I need to I watch do. season one to watch season two either. So, if you're not getting into season one, just jump to season two and get that a try and see. Okay, I will take that on board. I also watched the first purge as well, just to see uh, see if the rumours are true. <laughs> well, I won't watch it. <laughs> Next time I get a choice of film to cover, I'm going to pick it just to uh, just to play devil's advocate, just be a rascal. I'll claim that I saw it and just keep going. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that was a good bit, that. Uh, right, okay. Well, I think that was the new questions which sort of gives us our first slice of bread. Um, as you know, we like to make a horror sandwich around here. What would you like in your sandwich? Oh, I would like some steak and cheese with some red onion, please. Okay, that sounds delightful. Um, so, Matthew, you're you're providing us today with the uh, the filling. Yeah, this one, uh, this was a brutal one, this. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I realised very quickly that a lot of stuff happens in this film and there are a lot of characters. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, I, it was uh, it was a lot of hard work last night getting this together. But we I were... apologise. Oh, sorry. Well, we you, did you, spring it on you. <laughs> I, I would say your apologies can be waived because it's a great film. I'm just going to say it off the top. I don't, I don't care about the review at the end. I loved it. So, uh, yeah, so we are talking about Demons. Uh, or as it was originally called in Italian, Demoni. Uh, I actually watched the English dub of this. Uh, I don't know if you guys did or not. Yeah, I've never uh, seen the proper one, but I think it might have been made with the English dub straight up. I'm not sure. Right. I, I, well, IMDb said the language was Italian, but it, it right. didn't appear as an option for me uh, when I was yeah. trying to watch it. Uh, I think a lot of opinion on the dub is that as far as this film goes, the plot is very loose anyway, so you don't it don't you're not you're not losing anything by, no. by... I, 
like as a rule, I, I don't like dubs, but for some reason, these you know uh, Argento uh, Giallo films they, they seem to work really well for it. Uh, that that no other kind of film does. Uh, you know, in the, the same way that Suspiria does, and that there's this. You know, it gives all the characters this this strange air about them, uh, which fits right in with how the film goes and you know how it's made. Uh, and I think it's just a really like dubbing works for it, and I, it's the only way that the only sort of films that I've seen that I can say that for. Fair enough. Yeah, I would agree. I've seen a fair few of um, Argento's films, particularly from the Italian horror stuff. And yeah, it, it is weird how it kind of works. Uh, so, yeah, so this one uh, wasn't actually directed by Argento. Uh, no. It was Lamberto Bava, uh, who also was one of the writers with Argento. And it was also written by Dardano Sacchetti and Franco Ferrini. Uh, and the cast, uh, we've got the first half dozen or so on the, the cast list, but really there's there's a lot. Uh, any that I've missed and that you feel deserve credit, please please check out IMDb because they're all there. Uh, but my hand would have broken if I tried to write them all down. Uh, so we've got Urbano Barberini as George, uh, Natasha Hovey as Cheryl, Carl Zinni as Ken, Fiore Argento as Hannah, Paola Cozzo as Kathy. Fabiola Toledo as Carmen and Nicoletta Elmi as Ingrid the Usherette. And just again, apologies if I've butchered any of those pronunciations. And it was made a budget of 1.8 million US dollars. And the, the only information I can get at the box office is 1.225 million Italian lira. Uh, I had a look at the exchange rate at, uh, in 1985 for that. And this film grossed somewhere between about seven hundred and twenty dollars to three billion, so <laughs> somewhere in between those numbers. All right, okay. Uh, right then, so let's uh, yeah, let's get into the the film. So it opens up on one of the uh, the best openings in horror because it just says Dario Argento presenta, and you know you're in for something good then. And yeah, the film uh, proper opens up on a train and you say we see a, a group of youths and yeah full full train carriage full of them and then in the window we get some glimpses of a man with a metally face and we're introduced then to a young bookish lady and she gets off the train and she's all alone on the platform uh, but but is she and uh, we hear some metallic footsteps and we see metally faced man behind her uh, the girl legs it away and runs up some stairs straight into the man. And he just hands her a flyer for Metropol. And say so she asks him for another. Uh, so she's got one for a friend. And then she asks him if her, his outfit is for the film, uh, which we uh, assume is what the flyer's for. And it doesn't say anything and just walks off. And then, yeah, the girl who we find out now is called Cheryl. Uh, meets with her, the friend she mentioned earlier, who is Kathy, and together they decide to skip school and go to the Maria Pot, sorry, Metropole, to see the film. And inside there, there's, see, it's all decorated up, interesting. There's posts all over the wall. Uh, there's a, a motorbike with a mannequin covered in leather on out there, and the sword, and uh, 
a shiny mask hanging from the uh, the bike as well. And we also see a woman that's dressed like an elf and she's uh, admiring the tights. And then we find out <laughs> that that's Ingrid the Usherette. <laughs> I noticed that. I was like, why is she dressed like an elf? Yeah, it's, it's full on to green costume with white fur trim round it. <laughs> yeah, she's, well, this is a this is a side job after Santa's workshop. Yeah, perhaps. <laughs> she's just in promotions. That's what she does. Uh, but yeah, Kathy and uh, Cheryl arrive at the uh, the theatre and so this walk must have been very long because they're skipping school and it's still dark. So yeah, did they go to night school? I mean... It's a bit of an odd time jumping it. <laughs> yeah. She got off the train. It was seemed like it was nighttime. She met a friend in the daytime and then it was back to nighttime. <laughs> while they're, uh, so while they're in the, the theatre, uh, they get try to get themselves a drink from a vending machine. And then Ken and George come up to them and say they all do a bit of flirting. They get the can out, they, you know, as boys and girls of a certain age tend to do. And we're also introduced to Verna and Liz. And Verna finds the, the mask that's hanging off the motorbike. And he gives it a little touch, but nothing more. And then we also meet a man whose name I completely forgot, so I apologize for that. But I'm going to just call him my man. He's the coolest guy in the film, as we'll find out later. Uh, and he has two ladies on his arm. And it's... one of the ladies puts the uh, the mask on, and it cuts her on the face. Ooh. Sorry, Brian, you were you're about to uh, to give us a name, I hope. <laughs> yeah, Tony, I think. Tony, it's simple as Tony. Yeah, play, played by Bobby Rhodes. Uh, yeah, I absolutely love him, and we will... <laughs> We will talk about him at length, I'm sure. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so everyone who we've uh, we've met so far, they they all make their way into the theatre and they they settle into their seats and, and the movie starts. So the movie uh, within the movie uh, features uh, two couples uh, riding around some church ruins on a motorbike, and they find a stone which say they will make cemeteries their cathedrals. And tombs your cities, and then they also talk about how Nostradamus is buried at the at the ruins that they're riding around on, and then yeah, they give a little explanation of who Nostradamus is. I'm fully in the camp that he was a crackpot, and then they find more tombs and uh, a few bats fly out at them. So cuts then to uh, the theater again, and Werner, who is a blind man, is watching the film. And Liz, who is his niece and sort of, we assume, assistant, is basically explaining the whole plot to him, which I... Could you imagine that? Just someone just listing a movie plot to you. Boring. Sounds like the most awful experience going, doesn't it? Oh, it does. Carry on. Uh, So, yeah. So, (laughs) let's carry on explaining this movie plot. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, and then a a chap comes over and sits next to our, our Liz, and they just... They're too old to be behaving like that in a movie theatre because they are going out hot and heavy. They are. Yeah, back to the movie. And, they, yeah, the couples actually find Nostradamus's tomb. And there's there's no bones in it, but there is a mask and a book. And the book is about demons. They said the name of the movie. 
And yeah, we find out that demons are instruments of evil and uh, whoever wears the mask becomes a demon. Uh, of course, that means that one of the fellas puts the mask on and like the lady earlier, he gets a little cut on his face. Uh, at it's this like point, life imitating art, sort of thing. Or is it imitating art? Yeah, or art imitating life. So much going on. Uh, but as it, well, something is going on because as uh, soon as that happens, uh, the lady who had her face cut earlier, who we find out is called Rosemary, uh, her wound starts bleeding again and again mirrored in the movie. So she takes herself off, goes to the bathroom to clean it up. Uh, but it gets really, really gross, and the wound starts growing, throbbing. It becomes this enormous pustule, uh, eventually bursting, and just lots and lots of gunk. And then, yeah, in the movie, at the same time, we see that the fella who put the mask on, he, he just starts going stab crazy and starts going after the other uh, the other chap. So, right, so the, the other lady who was uh, with Rosemary and Tony, she goes into the toilet to go look for her, and yeah, when she gets in, finds uh, Rosemary in a stall with uh, monster hands. So this is really where the effects that Brian spoke about earlier come into it because they're they're like long and you know big sharp nails, kind of like your stereotypical monster hands, aren't they? In a way, but reminded me a thriller. Yeah, I think the Michael eyes Jackson. of the the monsters do. I know what you mean when you say that. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. It has got a thriller vibe. It has got a thriller vibe. Hmm. And did Thriller come out? Would have been around the same time as this, wouldn't it? 1982. 1982. Art imitating art again. They took it from Thriller. But yeah, so we uh, Rosemary does have the uh, the monster hands. She's got spooky eyes, and she starts spewing green goo out of her mouth. Ew. Um, yeah, it's pretty grim. And she, uh, yeah, lashes out. She scratches the other lady on the neck. And again, more great makeup effects. She's got the wound and it's bloody. And again, it's like your stereotypical, like, animal scratch, isn't it? Uh, on the screen, yeah, more murders. Stabby, stabby, very much. <laughs> and we, Rosemary then chases the other lady again, but so she manages to escape and goes behind the screen. Um, Werner, is get, he's got up from his seat. He's off looking for Liz. And she's just off quietly, just necking off with that other fella again. Mm. Uh, but, oh, no, Rosemary has spotted them. Uh, behind the screen, uh, the lady with the neck wound, hers grows again like Rosemary's did. And again, it bursts. And she tears through the screen and she's screaming and causing a, a big old ruckus. Ah, yes. The movie on the screen was annoying me at this point because it's um, showing a murder in a tent. But the girl in the tent is just, she's just lying there while a while knife keeps stabbing in through the tent. She's just going, ah, with no attempt to move. It was like a really poor fan film of um, Friday the 13th. Yeah, she's making no attempt to escape. She's just sort of waiting on her impending doom. <laughs> uh, well, it's going to happen. <laughs> and, and Well, for me, I, I didn't like the film. So I had to keep cutting between that and what was happening in the estimate <laughs> for this. I think if I was really clever, I'd have sort of grouped them together to avoid it. But 
I'm not that clever. So, right, so we see Rosemary, and she catches Liz and the uh, the fella, and she, she, like, strangles both of them while they're facing each other with a rope. And you know, she, they continue to have their mouths open the whole time. Yeah, she. If anything, she makes their their makeout sesh easier because she really smashes them together. <laughs> I don't understand why they don't close their mouths. Uh, <laughs> it's very odd. They think, oh, we might as well get some glass kissing in while we. Yeah, uh... the the throes of passion were strong with them too. <laughs> but yeah, at the front of the at the theatre. Uh, neck wound is beginning to transform and um, she's got an audience around her because everyone as they would when they see a woman burst through a screen screaming went to uh, to check on her and uh, see our, our little quartet of George, Cheryl, Ken and Kathy they, they spot the change and it, oh it is real gross and yeah one of the less interesting members of the audience is very close to uh, to neck wound, and she tears the dude's throat out. Yeah, it's uh, it's quite a transformation scene. Teeth falling out, uh, or being replaced. Yeah, there's. Is she the one that has the big tongue? I didn't write down big tongue anywhere. I'm afraid, and I couldn't remember. I think if you, I'd say like body horror, there isn't a great deal of, but. There is, there is some tooth stuff which I think is uncomfortable, especially for me because I've got to go to the dentist tomorrow and I'm expecting some some big work. <laughs> oh no! Yeah, I've got to get a crown. Oh, are you getting made the king of something? King of should have brushed his teeth better as a child. That's what I'm being made king of. Yeah, yeah. Uh, a lot but... of us have got that prize. Yeah, uh, the, the, the work isn't so bad, it's the price, but we'll save my gripes about dentists for later. Because, uh, yeah, right now, while uh, that dude's getting his throat torn out, Werner has found Liz. But phew, you find Liz, you find Rosemary, and she just mangles his face. She's getting... There's, there must be a thing with eye trauma because we did a lot of it with Event Horizon a couple of weeks ago and there's a lot here as well. Uh, yeah, because she just gets the thumbs right in there. It's, yeah, pretty gross. Uh, but as you can expect, there is mass panic in the audience and they're all trying to escape. But the doors that they all came in out of, they find that they're all bricked up. And there is an incredible moment where our friend Tony just shouts, let's find an emergency exit. Just that logic that with that is completely illogical that I I love. Uh, right, and then yeah, while they're all rushing for said uh, emergency exit, one woman breaks away from the group, and Rosemary scalps her, just tears a scalp right off her skull. When she does that, George and Ken discover the scene, and say so with a little help, they manage to trap Rosemary in the room. And uh, just wedge the vending machine in the uh, in the door, so she can't get out. So they they have a, a conflab and decide that it's the movie that's causing this because what's happening in the movie is happening uh, in the theater. So they decide to go to a projection booth to uh, to stop it. 
and say break down the door and they find that the projection booth's empty. It's just projectors are automatic. Which Oh, I will say there was a bit here, sorry, that um I really that I quite liked where the projector room's locked and the two girls are going, hmm, we could climb through the um shaft or whatever. And uh sorry, was it George? Um just Tony. Tony just boots the door down. Yeah. Forget that and just boots the door down. I, I just love the idea. It's, the projectors, booths empty and they're automatic. <laughs> like it's it's crazy haunted thing. I don't think you can go to a cinema in the country anymore where they don't have an automatic projection booth. <laughs> Which isn't a good thing. I'm not advocating for that. We should have trained projectionists that work with digital projection. But again, I'll save those gripes till later too. Uh, but yeah, so they find that these projections are automatic. So they just decide to just smash him up instead. Which, sensible for me, I reckon. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, while they're doing that, there's a little uh, window say, that the uh, the light has to be projected out of. Uh, and in the reflection of it, Cheryl gets another glimpse of metally face man. Uh, it's, yeah, it's at this point, we cut to a group of kids and they are just driving around through the city in, in what we learn is a stolen car. And I also actually believe that the city's Berlin uh, which I guess they must have right. got a good deal on it or something because uh, uh, say Italian film being made there I, I really like the scenes with the, the kids in the car it really cracks me up it's kind of like it feels like a subplot that was forced in for for some Coca-Cola advertisement oh, well we will get to what they're doing with the Coca-Cola <laughs> soon Right, so yeah, back to the theatre, and so the main group find that Werner is alive and well, bizarrely, and he says that yeah, it's the theatre that's the problem, not the movie. And so they find Liz on the balcony because they're all up there after the projection booth, and Tony's just like yeah, throw her off the balcony because in case she's a demon, and there's a bit of an argument about that because they all think she's a dead body and they should leave her alone. Uh, but Tony, uh, he knows better. So he goes to uh, to do it. And as he gets to the, the barrier, there a demon pops up. Uh, but Tony whips out a knife and he gets stabby-stabby himself on it. And the demon falls down and it lands on Hannah, who was down within the seats hiding, which seems like a really bad idea. But she did all right with it, didn't she, really? You thought they'd have just spotted her as easy prey, but no. And yeah, while they're doing that, Liz, who they were going to throw off the balcony in a very smart move, wakes up and bites Tony on the leg. And then she drags him over the balcony. So she did end up over there anyway. (laughs) And yep, David, uh, who is Hannah's boyfriend, uh, he manages to find her down in the theatre and so they realise that they're both bleeding. Oh dear. And the guys up on the balcony, just decide to barricade themselves in. So tear up all the seats, cover all the exits with them. And again, sensible moves from, from some of them there. Yeah, it's, there's a lot of sensible choices in this world, but a lot of sensible ones and a lot of not. <laughs> yeah, is that, it's a nice Is that the bit where Tony tells them how to tear up the seats? Yeah, just before he gets... Uh, <laughs> he gets... Well... He becomes the victim of other people's bad decisions. Should have just thrown her <laughs> off the balcony. 
doing that to our Tony. <laughs> uh, right, so yeah, we cut back to our car gang then. And uh, yeah, there's a can of Coca-Cola with a straw out of it. But one of the guys, he's just sniffing it instead. I, mean, I, wonder, what, I wonder what they could possibly be referring to with that. Mm. Uh, they do eventually get rid of the uh, the pretense completely and <laughs> they actually argue about the can and a lot of white powder spills out and find out the leader of the gang who was snorting from the can he get, he's called Ripper and he gets real mad at them uh, makes them clean up all the cork and yeah, while they're doing it there is a strangely gratuitous bit where they have to clean some off the lady of the group's chest and Mark will be happy because he gets to say booby. Booby. There we go. Um, <laughs> yeah, we find that, yeah, well, they've parked up. It's next to the theatre. And so they hear some of the noises coming from inside of people tearing up seats and barricading uh, themselves in, but uh, just ignore it, as you would. Uh, and then, yeah, in the cinema, Kathy hears a noise and... She reckons it's a demon, but Ken says, nah, don't worry about it. It's no, and nothing's going to be able to get through the barricade. And we actually pan down and we see that it's Verna crawling underneath the the barricade. Is it a rough old time with Annie Verna? Hmm. Uh, right, so next we get is, yeah, George, who manages to break a hole in the wall at the, on that balcony, and he finds that there's a room next to it. Uh, so they smash through more and they go through. Uh, they find nothing but bare walls and all the women of the group just begin to panic completely. So back outside and court car uh, has the police pull up next to it. Oh dear. Uh, but the kids just leg it and so they run into an alley and the alley door magically opens. And they go in and something else sneaks out. So cops are giving them the chase and the, the gang have all gone, but Werner's there and he just he smashes them up, as you as you would expect. Uh, Hannah and David down at the bottom, they find a vent and in true movie fashion, they try to escape through it because, as you know, in any movie, the air vents go to everywhere in the building. Uh, but... Unfortunately, in this one, there is a demon in there with them and they become lunch. Um, yes, yeah, so not, I've not seen that one. Um, because I wasn't I, I'm quite sure what was going on, at, whether one of them was the demon or, <laughs> and playing yeah. the other one or whether, whether it was um, something else in there with them. Uh, yeah, you, they said they were both bleeding. So you kind of thought, all oh, right, okay, well, one or both of them are going to turn. But no, just just a demon gets them. Fair enough. Uh, but yeah, underneath them, uh, the, the court kids wander into the cinema and they find the door behind the vending machine. Uh, but they go in and they find nothing. So they leave, except Nina, who was the, uh, the girl with the cork on her boobies earlier. She stays in behind and she starts putting some lipstick on. And the obvious happens. Scalped lady comes in and gets her. Uh, so the fork in the cinema on the balcony, they hear some noises and think they might be able to escape. So they start taking down the barricades and underneath 
the uh, court kids meet a whole bunch of demons and the obvious happens. So, yeah, Kathy, Cheryl, Ken and George escape, uh, but we can hear the demons are coming. So, and they find the same vent that David and Hannah went in. And unfortunately, Kathy's fainted, so the look's shaken, so they're going to get her up into the vent first, except they find out that she's one of them. She is. Yeah, they, they, they just stand around for some reason and watch her change. And then as soon as they, uh, she has changed, Ken just starts beating her up with a vent cover. <laughs> is, is it just before that bit or just after? She's swiping at them, but she doesn't even like lean towards them. She just stands on the yeah, spot. Yeah, I would say out of all the up. demons we've seen so far, she's definitely <laughs> the least threatening. <laughs> but is it just me as well? When Ken goes at her with this vent cover, like he doesn't sort of grab it by the thick end and swing, he sort of like grabs it lengthways and like slides it down like he's trying to cut her with it or something. Like that, that yeah, dude doesn't probably, really yeah. know how to handle a vent covering a fight. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, he, he he does somehow manage to uh, beat her up with it and, and gets her on the floor. And we think she's dead, but then a pair of hands just crawl out of her back. And a demon makes their way out. It's the first time we've seen that. And that was probably my favourite effect of the film. Yeah, it's good, isn't it? It comes out of nowhere as well, because like you say, it hasn't... Um, you haven't seen that in the other ones. They've all just been a sort of version of themselves, whereas... Although she seems to have a bit of... Um, I like chat before she changes, like... Maybe she's one of the top demons. Oh, maybe. Queen Demon. Queen Demon. But she uh, certainly is a, a strong one because she uh, gets her own back on Ken, gives him a good old scratch. And at this point, Ken proves that he's the smartest person in the whole film. And he legs it uh, because he wants to save the others. <laughs> the, the others, though, are very stupid and don't deserve Ken's smart actions. So they, they follow him. And he's telling him to fight it because throughout what we've seen this film so far, it's it's only the weak ones that become zombies. Sorry, demons. But Ken continues to be smart and he gives George the sword from the display, which, again, whoever put that there, why did they just leave a sharpened sword around? Uh, but he, yeah, he tells George to kill him with it. And when he turns into a demon, George does exactly that and he chops his fucking head off. Uh, but yeah Cheryl legs it away from Ken when he does turn she goes into the theatre because as we've established she's an idiot and she gets surrounded by demons only for George to burst in with a sword and a motorbike and hair metal music pumping and he just starts driving around slashing away at folk Cheryl gets on the bike with him like this is this is teenage boy wish fulfillment big time in it. Just driving around <laughs> slashing is, at yeah. zombies, listening to heavy metal with a woman on your motorbike with you. <laughs> I th- I remember when the film started. Like I was thinking, it's really crazy that this cinema has a motorbike on the display. Yeah, I think they, they kind of got away with it by having the <laughs> motorbikes in that movie within the movie, didn't they? But... <laughs> 
This this was the yeah. real moment. This is Chekhov's motorbike. <laughs> yeah, but eventually, yeah, he, he gets a scratch by the looks of it, and uh, both him and Cheryl fall off the bike. Sorry, no, Cheryl falls off the bike. George just gets off and keeps on slashing at folk. Uh, but yeah, he and Cheryl, they hear a noise overhead and the ceiling caves in and a helicopter drops, which seems a bit weird why a helicopter would just drop in. But oh no, there is a corpse in there. And yeah, they just sort of boot the corpse out. Uh, they just decide that they'll try to start flying a helicopter because I, I hear it's simple enough to just get in and pick one of them up. And yeah, they managed to get the blades to spin a bit and it say mashes up a couple of demons, uh, but stops and they say they have to get out and try to uh, climb up to the hole that the helicopter's made in the ceiling. So George just full on MacGyver's a grappling gun. Uh, they shoot it out and Batman their way out of there. And yeah, it's like they're pretty safe. I couldn't understand the science of the um, the grappling thing because... I don't understand how it winds them to war upwards. I couldn't, I wasn't quite figuring out what was going on there. Yeah, I was, I was so funny. writing this up and focusing on the MacGyver bit. So I didn't, I didn't quite work that out myself. So. I mean, it is a good bit, but maybe there's a, a winch on the helicopter. Yeah, the helicopter's at a winch, but it's winching towards itself. It's not <laughs> winching away from them. So I don't understand how it pulls them upwards. George is that good at being a MacGyver. <laughs> he managed to get it. Oh, well, fair enough. Then. Yeah, that's, uh... I'm, I'm, I'm just like using MacGyver as a verb. Fair enough. Uh, but yeah, oh no, they're not safe though. Metally Face Man is there and he pushes George back in the hole, but he manages to grab onto some of the ceiling supports and, and he's hanging on up there. And metally faced man he's just trying to just push him back in so he doesn't really like take a swing for him or anything he's just very gently pushing him uh but cheryl grabs the grappling gun just stabs him in the back with it um so george gets himself out and between the two of them they impale metally head uh just on a big metal spike did you not think that was the more awkward way of going about it they could have just pushed him down the hole probably been easier yeah but also, I'm glad they didn't because I like to see his head get pushed on the big metal. <laughs> well, you know those metal things that go inside <laughs> cinder blocks and support buildings. Those those things. I don't know what the actual yeah. word is for them. But they make a very good murder tool. <laughs> uh, but yeah, they, they, they've managed to escape the theatre. Well, thanks to the uh, the coppers getting murked by Werner earlier, the, the world is just completely getting destroyed and everyone's a demon. Uh, but the two of them say they get rescued by a car of total badasses, uh, the dad and a daughter and son, and so they're just shooting up zombies, shotgun, pistols. They are tooled up. Uh, but they let George and Cheryl in and say so they drive out. They say they're getting out of the country just to try and find uh, somewhere safe and just somewhere where there's hope, I think they say. Uh, and all the while, they're just shooting demons as they go because they are cool. Uh, and then it, just when we all think that they're safe again, Cheryl turns into a demon. But she gets a shotgun blast for her troubles, falls off the Jeep, and then the badasses drive away to end the film. Uh, that's good, that. That's good, that scene, because she gets shot by a kid, doesn't she? 
Yeah. Like, like she turns around for this jump scare that's supposed <laughs> to be like, um, you know, like, oh, you're not safe anywhere. But then it just gets negated by this kid who just is like, well, fuck this. <laughs> she... Yeah, he, he came from the Ken school of how to deal with demons. Well, that whole family must have done because, it, you know, it can't have been that far into this demon thing that they've all of a sudden gone, well, let's get out of here. I've been preparing for this my whole life. Here, there's a bag of Uzis in the back of the car. Take them. <laughs> that's, what, that's what cracked me up when they, they get in the truck with them and it's like, I'll just grab a weapon. They're on the floor. You just driving around with these like loaded weapons, just <laughs> they go off at any minute. Right there, you go. Then that was the movie. So, are we getting into the review process? Or okay, yeah. So I'll go first because I've I've already said it. At the start of the recap. Uh, full creative psychopath. This movie is absolutely insane. It's absolutely brilliant. If you haven't seen it already, I suggest you watch it immediately. Let's see. Do I like this movie? Not as much as Matthew likes it. That that <laughs> that's for sure. Um, I, I've seen this is my second watch now, um, and both times I've watched it, I haven't been able to watch it in one sitting. It's it I, I've watched it in parts, and I think partly because I find it sort of real, sort of meandering plot really quite frustrating um and even though but but watching it this time i got a lot more comedy out of it than um than i got the first time like i i think what happened is the first time that i watched it i was watching it expecting this absolutely classic horror movie which is you know it's got um a reputation for but um because it was a bit odd i came away from it going i didn't really enjoy that Whereas this time round, um, like I say, I think I appreciated it a lot more because A, I knew what was going to happen or right, not going to happen. Um, but I found it much funnier than I was expecting to, um, to, f- to find it. For example, like cutting to the kids in the car really annoyed me the first time. Um, but this time round... It just made me laugh every time it did it because it seems so irrelevant. And it even it really even is, you know, by the time you even get in there, it's like, well, what, what is this bit of plot about? Um, so, yeah, it made me laugh. And, 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 and the bit at the end with where the kid just shoots her off, was, <laughs> it's really, really makes me laugh. So I am going into this i wasn't going to give it a creative psychopath but talking to you two about it and realizing how funny it, i i find it um i'm going to go i'm going to go for the full creative psychopath so uh there's a very particular part of your brain that you've got to switch on for these films yeah uh, if you if you tap into that and if if that's something that you enjoy then you're going to get a lot out of it i think if you want something serious and scary it's it's not that film. No, it's not. It's not, and it's just. I think the other part of it is 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 it feels very Evil Dead. There's yeah, a, yeah, it's that same sort of attitude. There's a lot of it? Evil Dead about it, and it, even so much as um, the main guy character becomes quite ash towards the end. He's got the the same outfit pretty much, hasn't he? He has got the same it? outfit and the same energy. How he's riding across um, 
cinema seats on a motorbike, I'll never know. Um, but one handed too. Yeah. Now I've never driven a motorbike, but I, I do believe they use you need two hands as a general rule. But no, this guy's a motorbike riding. I need more of this guy, actually. Fuck it. Anyway, yeah, so sorry. No, I've r- <laughs> I rambled on a bit there because I think in the process of starting it, I was about to say that I didn't think it was that good, but actually I think it is. Uh... <laughs> so thanks for bringing it, Brian. Yeah, well, we, I assume that you like it, Brian, to, uh, the way you brought it. I do. I, I'm, I'm along the same lines as you. I think it's absolutely fantastic and it's a full creative psychopath. I also think it's maybe a bit satirical because the idea of them watching this horror film and then it playing out, I think it's kind of a call, like answering back to people going on about yeah. video nasties. Like how horror films are like infecting the nation. Yeah, I think that's a thing. very interesting take. As a, and I think it's kind yeah. of a, a thing to that, especially with how dumb the horror film was that they were watching. Like, because uh, the guy that they were on about was a French uh, yeah, so Nostradamus, he, he's uh, <laughs> for anyone who doesn't know, yeah. he's sort of labelled as a, a fortune teller and, and uh, say that he predicted the future. Uh, so, Mark, I would say for a Yorkshire reference, he's, he's like a French mother Shipton. Yeah, well, no, yeah, no, I know Nostradamus. Is. <laughs> <laughs> I, know, I just wanted to call him a French mother Shipton. <laughs> but I think. Uh... I think he did predict a few things, but I mean, I always think with these things, if you keep them vague enough, people will just attribute what happens to them anyway. To you. just it's like horoscopes, isn't it? If you throw enough shit, some of it's going to stick, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yep. Like Simpsons. Exactly. Yeah. It was a, a, the French 18th century Simpsons. <laughs> <laughs> The, the the film for me is like a perfect blend of Gremlins and Romero's like Night of the Living Dead. I, I, I just love it. Like yeah, I suppose that everything. probably is the elephant in the room in that like, they're not demons at all. The zombies aren't they? <laughs> they're, they're a bit half and half, aren't they? Like they're not. I would say demon kind of requires like, a religious element to it for me. Ah, uh, uh, right. Which which they don't they just don't have do they? They're just zombies. <laughs> just straight yeah. up zombies. There's, there's some really great cinematography in this, and I think part of it makes it onto the poster when they're like running upstairs yeah. and their eyes. Are yeah, it does. Absolutely fantastic. And it's it's some really good pieces like that in it, and I just I just love it. I only watched it for my first time somewhere at the beginning of the year when I went on an Argento binge, and I, I discovered it, even though it's not here, me present it. And then I was like, my God, that film is fantastic. So the next night, I kind of made the <laughs> mistake of watching Demons 2. <laughs> and it, I thought it was going to pick up where this one left off. I thought the guy would be back in that, and I was wrong. But what? Who is back? Is the actor that plays Tony uh, well, Bobby Rhodes as a whole new character? <laughs> and it's it's kind of worth it just for him again. Like it's not a terrible film, but it's not this good. And I think it's because Argento's not involved. But it's 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 still worth a watch. Maybe <laughs> I think it's set in an apartment block. Okay, yeah, pretty good. Right, it's a good setting that has been yeah. used elsewhere, hasn't it, since? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it sounds all right. I prim- well, it's it's not a must-watch. Like I feel this is a must-watch for like if if I was to recommend horrors, I feel I would have to throw this in, especially as one that's maybe an introductory level to the Italian horror genre. Yeah, I would also say this is probably one 
for people that, that don't like a lot of scares too. So, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's got them like creepy effects and et cetera, but it's not a full on horror. It's, it's, yeah. It does it with joy, like a childlike wonder to it at the same time. It's, mm. I think you might be slightly desensitized way, to some of the violence there because. <laughs> I don't think it's an, a, a first watch, that's for sure. It's, no, no, no. I'm not even sure if it's a, if you don't like scares, because um, there's quite a lot of jump. I think this might be it's not the kind of scares that I that, that get me. Maybe. Yeah, that, I don't get. Oh, got by the there's not a lot of existential all. dread, which which is kind of more my speed. I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's not. It, there's no tension yeah. in this movie, but yeah, over there's adrenaline. Overall, it's overall it's definitely worth a watch. I'd say. Yeah, it gets, well, it gets full marks from us, doesn't it? Yeah, full uh, f- the the full creative psychopath. Even though I had to talk myself into it. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It was just. I mean, I don't. Know, I'm gonna keep waffling on now but i think i am definitely the sort of person who doesn't mind admitting when they're wrong and i can watch a film for a second time and go well yeah no actually it was a lot better than i thought it was and sometimes i think i need to know what the plot is before i go in to enjoy it <laughs> yeah yeah like well an expectation, like, like going in the second time of this one i thought well i know i'm not gonna i'm not getting any particular plot so let's just see what goes on um but I can't. I still can't watch it in one go. I don't know what it is. Uh, I don't know why. My job. I get very sleepy. How I manage cinema trips, I will never know. <laughs> well, I'm I'm going to use this point then to uh, to jump into the Facebook because uh, I hope that our discussion so far has has convinced Faye and Nikki, who uh, commented that they haven't seen it, to to give it a go. Yeah, well, I found it on I found uh, it on and, YouTube for them and made sure oh, it was the the dub and everything. But I don't. Think... Yeah, I was going to say so. Yeah, anyone uh, who hasn't seen it and wants to, make sure you join the group, uh, find the post for th- this, and you and you'll find the copy of the film for absolutely for free. Well, that's brilliant. It's well worth checking yeah, out. And then, uh, as as he so often does, Alistair rises to the occasion. And he tells us that it he had a real blast with this schlocky, gory, fun take on the zombie demon genre, which again jives with what we've all said as well. Yeah, yeah. Because I put it on late, I put it on the Instagram as well. So I'll just see if anyone put on that. It got a lot of likes. Uh, one comment. Someone wants me to promote it on at the looming record. So that'll be good. So no, nothing on Instagram. <laughs> it got eighteen likes though. That's not bad. Maybe I'm an influencer now. You you influence me. Maybe. Uh, yep. I don't know if that's good or bad. <laughs> um. <laughs> yeah, lovely. Um, is that it then? Are we? <laughs> is that the filling? Did we achieve? I think we did. All right, so uh, we've yeah, got I think so. two last questions for you. Now, since you've already answered the yeah. um, questions about, um, well, the, the normal sandwich question. So this time we've got questions that 
so far only me and Matthew have answered. So, what is the best remake? I was very tempted by Friday the 13th. Is oh, yeah. From 09. But then I remembered <laughs> there was Evil Dead. Yes. Yes. So I went with Evil Dead because I think it's actually one of them remakes that is probably better than the original. I don't know if it's because I watched the original later in life and I didn't appreciate <laughs> it. Or it is actually a genuinely no. good remake. <laughs> it's I a genuinely kind of good remake. That was the one that we both chose as well. So, so far. I think it goes yeah. back to what we were just saying earlier as well. It's it's a different kind of remake. It's a genuine, proper, scary horror film is that one. Uh, it doesn't have the same sort of tongue-in-cheek fun side of it that the, the regular one does. No, it's a horrible movie. Yeah, I think yeah. They're, they're, very, they're very good companion pieces in that regard oh lovely so then uh what is the best soundtrack oh, is it demons pretty kick-ass <laughs> yeah i mean it's up there the, the soundtrack for demons and the is pretty amazing but i went with the score by goblin for suspiria oh yeah yeah i i gave that an honorable mention on mine it's I... a really weird score that kind of only works for the film you know a strange way i can't really find words for but i just love it yeah, no, that is a good that is a good shout. Like I say, I think I gave it an honourable mention. I'm not a big fan of Suspiria. It's a bit bit too weird for me. I kind of want to go <laughs> um, back again after watching this one as well. Just I think Suspiria is great, but its sequels to the trilogy not so much. Well, apparently the the remake of Suspiria is quite good. It's what I've heard. So I, I kind of hated it. Cinematography wise, on a technical level, it's amazing. In fact, when you said best kill, I should have gone with that. There's a really good kill in that that I like. Yeah, it's like a dancing scene. There's like two people dancing. And as one dances, the other's kind of possessed and gets mangled up in this weird like body contortionist like way. It's really weird. That's another one I'm going to have to go for. <laughs> but um, as somebody who loves the original one, like, I just found the remake to be, it, it didn't leave much. It kind of answers its own mystery really early on and doesn't really let it be anything. Yeah, I think with the the, the remake, I um, actually, I think it was on Shudder or something like that. And uh, I think because it was two hours and 10 minutes or something like that, and I, thought, <laughs> I thought, well, I don't even like the original, so I'm not sitting through two hours and 10 minutes of this. So I didn't, didn't even do it. The cast is great. Acting great, performance great. Score for that's even pretty solid, to be honest. Cinematography, fantastic. But I just don't think it compares to the original. Like, it's kind of a different film, and I think it would have worked if they'd have just decided it was a different thing and put their own little spin on it instead. Yeah, I think that happens a lot, doesn't it, where stuff gets marked with a, with a name when it should just yeah. be its own thing. Yeah, yeah. That's frustrating. Um, right, well, there you go then. That is that is the horror sandwich, which was, what was in there? Steak? Uh, steak, a bit of cheese, some yep. nice red onion. Right, okay. Well, obviously, it's a horror sandwich, so I'm going to have to ruin it for you. And I'm filling it with green pus from the demons, from the demons boils that go pop. Uh, so apologies for that, but, you know. Yeah. I'll uh, just leave it on the table. Thanks. Yeah, no, no, there's you don't have to consume 
can't believe no one's ever thought of that before. <laughs> well, I've, I don't think I've ever claimed that you have to consume it. Just the pain of seeing the sandwich ruined is yeah. like the horror lies. You kind of just have to put it down and walk away. <laughs> I think I put a dog shit in one of them, so I wouldn't expect anyone to eat that. Until we do the uh, Pink Flamingos episode. <laughs> yeah, no, thank you. Is that actually a horror? Uh, <laughs> is that under horror? No. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not. Uh, right, yeah, so lovely. Uh, so, yeah, thanks very much for coming back on, Brian. Thank you very much. Yep, thanks great. for having you. You are the first returning guest since Matthew. And Matthew got a co-host job after doing his, so, you know. Oh, don't worry, Matthew, you can keep it. I, I'm not in for that much work. If you try to replace <laughs> me, or if you try to replace me, I'm going to go full right. demon on you. <laughs> I, that could have gone one of two ways. I was like, if you try to replace me, please do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, God. I, I, I could never do that for you, no, Mark. Thank you. That's, that's lovely. Um, what do I do now? What 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 bit what bit am I on now? We we got to plug the socials. So, yeah, follow Creative Psychopaths wherever you get your social media needs. Twitter, Facebook, uh, at the Creative Psychopaths, a horror movie podcast group. And as Mark said earlier, we're also on Instagram. So get after us everywhere. Yes, I've been. I've also been updating the letterbox with my own personal selections because um, I thought I should do that for people so they can see what I'm watching. And I've been putting that on Instagram as well, so you can see what I've been watching and what I, um, what I like and what I don't like. I gave Brian's film The Pyramid one and a half stars. Which was it's poss- possibly more than it even deserved. Um, it was such a it was such an odd odd film that one because sorry I'm going back I know we were already plugging social medias but it was just so there was just nothing about it was there it's just like no. just I remember it. quite enjoying it when I watched it in the cinema maybe eight to ten years ago when it came out just watched it and went yeah that was something I was, <laughs> oh that was I, nothing I was it and I thought I'm not really into this at all it's not yeah nothing well, luckily we luckily you messaging me saying i'm sorry you've had to watch this <laughs> meant that that um matthew got to see a great film for himself yeah, yeah i got away with one yeah. uh, i've dodged a bullet by the sound De- of it definitely uh yeah so what else letterboxd i was talking about oh and i gave um that werewolf film on disney plus five stars because i thought it was a a delight. Um, oh, I'll look forward to watching that one tomorrow evening. Then, after when I'm laid up after the dentist, yes, that was an absolute treat of a film. Uh, so that's a little bit of a little bit of extra at the end there. Another recommendation for you. I've really got to get better at closing these off. Right, go follow everything. Bye. Bye. Bye.